Um, I just wrote an article for CSO Magazine talking about is Gen AI bringing back shadow IT on steroids. And so the idea that every employee is taking it in their own hands to go out to chat GPT and BARD and these free tools and use them, and it seems so, but you know, there's so many issues with that. There are issues around, um, you know, uh, basically uh, fake fake news, you know, b b information that it brings in um, a lot of different problems related to, uh, is the data accurate, is it is it timely, the licensing issues, um, the ownership issues, um, and then it will be used against us to attack us. Welcome to Paychecks Thrive, a business podcast where you'll hear timely insights to help you navigate marketplace dynamics and propel your business forward. Here's your host, Gene Marks. Hey everybody, it's Gene Marks and welcome back to another episode of the Paychecks Thrive podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, whether you're watching or you're listening it is Cybersecurity Month, and we're talking about cybersecurity. And I've got a really great expert here with me to discuss cybersecurity and overall security issues that are impacting your business. It's Dan Lorman. Dan is the Field Chief Information Security Officer for the public sector for a company called Presidio. Dan, first of all, thank you uh, for joining me. Hey, Gene. It's great to be with you. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I'm glad that you're here. Um, you've also written a book called Cyber May Day and the Day After a Leader's Guide to Preparing, Managing, and Recovering from Inevitable Business Disruptions. We're going to yep. get to that book in a minute because there's <laughs> a lot of great information in it. Let me first ask about yourself and, and Presidio. Uh, tell us, tell us what, what, what Presidio does and tell us what you do at Presidio. Sure. Yeah. So Presidio is a global digital solutions provider, and we work with companies all over the world. Um, based here in, in USA, but we, we, we work really uh, globally uh, helping companies make um, good decisions around technology, whether that be moving to the cloud from on-prem, whether that be you know cybersecurity, doing that securely, how they uh, – now the latest hot issues around Gen AI and how they integrate uh, you know generative AI into their operations and use that effectively. So we really um, are a complete solutions provider in the technology sector. It's amazing. You're, and your clients are generally in the U.S., I'm assuming? Yeah, mostly U.S. We do have um, European operation and based out of Ireland, and we have um, operation in India. And so we're a global company. Um, but, yeah, ma mainly U.S. And, and, and large, over, you know, over uh, 4,000 employees. So we're, we're a large company. That's great. And why would a smaller company hire you to provide IT services? Explain to me some of the services that you guys perform. Sure, absolutely. Well, first of all, I, just, I didn't mention my background, but personally, I, I worked at the National Security Agency. I was in England with Lockheed and Mantech, so I worked in the intelligence community, and then 17 years in Michigan government. So we, hmm. we uh, and, and before I joined Presidio, um, we have experts in you know working with state and local governments, federal government, all different public sector, but also small and medium-sized companies, large companies, um, and we have expertise. You know, I think the, the number one reason is people love uh, working with us. We have a great, you know, like over 98% retention rate of, of, of uh, clients. People really um, believe and, and see our case studies, you know, are really impactful. So they've, you know, we've been there, done that, kind of got, say, got the T-shirt. But, you know, every sure. individual business is... Um, is unique. And so, but being able to, to have examples of, of where we've implemented solutions in the past is, is a big reason why people, you know, do business with Presidio. 
So if, if I were to work with you guys, though, would I be hosting my applications with you? Are you taking care of my hardware, my network? You know, um, you know. Clearly, I, sure. I know nothing about security. Is, is gotcha. providing advice there? Tell, tell me a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, simple answer is all of the above. So you know, okay. we have we have people that you know go through the cloud. We we have. You know, we work with the biggest partners, with the biggest companies in the world. So we're, um, you know, AWS, biggest partner in the public sector with them. We work with um, Amazon Web Services. We work with Microsoft. We work with Google. We work with, you know, the big cloud providers. Um, we work with a lot of, in the, in the security space where I focus, we work with, you know, the CrowdStrikes and the Sentinel-1s and, and, and all, go through the laundry list. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip some. But, you know, mm -hmm. new companies like Wiz and, and really um, helping companies integrate you know, those products and services, but also it's really starting off, backing up, really starting off with an assessment of, you know, what currently your environment is. You know, a lot of our clients start with a basic assessment of, a, we call it a, a posture assessment, a cloud security assessment, or just an overall company assessment, just to really understand kind of what's working well and how can we, you know, enhance that and help that and continue that. And then also, you know, maybe right-sizing. A lot of the companies I talk to every day, I talk to chief information security officers all across the country. Uh, I especially focus in the public sector, but everyone's trying to get down the less tools. You know, they, they feel sure. like, um, if they have 50 tools, they want to get to 25. If they have 100, they want to get to 50. If they've got 40, they want to get to 20. So, you know, you know, having a, a, a platform that really works for them and, and the tool set that works for them, and then, you know, they're saving money by being able to uh, turn off the tools that maybe they don't need. So, you know, really being integrate, um, you know, both platforms uh, best in class, but also uh, the ability to, to implement new tool sets that are you know, required in certain situations. Dan, you say that you guys um, do assessments, and I'm sure you assess companies and organizations of all sizes. Yeah, I'm kind of curious, like you know, you know, what are some of the things that you find? Like, what are some of the most common issues, uh, particularly with your smaller and mid-sized assessments that you do that you sure. just keep repeating themselves? Yeah, I think you know, it's it oftentimes starts with the basics, and so really, you know, looking at Cybersecurity Awareness Month and the national themes around um, cybersecurity. You know, I think you know can be easier than it is. You know, and, and so the, the basic things around I'm identity. Sorry, did, you say, did you just say SaaS security? Is that right? So software. SaaS you know, SAS, SAS security. Yeah, right. we can do that. But I mean, but basically, security can be um, easier, and that's the national theme okay. this year. Is is that we need to make security? Um, I say simple, but. Uh, go back to basics and look at that. And I think, you know, in some cases it can be complex too. So I don't want to make it too simple. But, you know, the basics of around awareness training. I mean, most of the recent ransomware attacks, most of the recent attacks are around people being fooled into clicking on links, you know, uh, training their staff, really being able to understand um, both phishing attacks, you know, the, the uh, help desk, you know, uh, questions around identity, who are you, um, multi-factor authentication, you know, you know, issues around passwords, um, how do they make sure that their identity, um, whether that be single sign-on, whether that be using a, a wide variety of different tool sets, how can they integrate identity better? I think those are huge issues. I think backups are a huge issue and making sure you have backups that are uh, again, this is not new and different, and most people have probably heard this before, but um, are they immutable backups, I mean, meaning that can not be changed, and that they're, you're making sure that those are available um, 
not just off, you know, on-site, but off-site, that you have you know, really good backups that you can restore if, you know, God forbid, you were hit by a ransomware attack, that you have the ability to restore timely and, and, and be able to make sure that their networks are secure. So those are just a few of the items. I mean, we could go through a, 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 you know, other That's items. Fair. I mean, yeah. No, it's fair. You know, most of my clients, Dan, when I talk to them, and my business is well, I mean, I have 10 employees. Um, you know, they, they particularly in the small and mid-sized business world, they, they have sort of like a smattering of, of cloud-based applications. You know, sure, like, absolutely. So like, you know, like a typical client, they'll like they'll, their accounting system, maybe it's QuickBooks or something, and they've got that in the cloud. And maybe they've got a CRM system like a Salesforce or a Zoho, and that's in the cloud. And maybe they have a an office collaboration system like, you know, either Office 365 or Google that's in the cloud, you know? And then when they create documents and spreadsheets, they tend to save it on either, you know, Microsoft, you know, OneDrive or Google Drive or, you know, doc, you know, you know, Dropbox, you know? So I, I see that a lot with business yep. where they've got different applications. So number one, like how would Presidio fit into that model? And that's number one. And number two is from a security aspect, like, why should I care about security so much? Like, aren't isn't Microsoft and Salesforce and Intuit who makes QuickBooks? Isn't you know aren't aren't you know, aren't they the ones that are dealing with the security over my data? Do you know what I'm saying? No, great questions. Uh, really, we get those all the time. And I think I think the first the first question is you know when when you just look at where the data breaches are happening. I know we're going to talk about the book in a minute, but stories yeah. from around the world and what what things what things are happening that cause data breaches and what causes ransomware and you know you know and doing kind of the analysis after the fact and you look at um companies that thought they were prepared were not prepared and there's a wide variety of reasons for that it could be um you know a posture assessment you know if you're doing everything perfectly with microsoft or aws or google that's great in most cases people aren't and so mm. you know and and so it's having a continuous process um, it's people, process, and technology. So when you look at an organization, you really say, do you have the right people doing the right things? Do you have the right processes in place that are repeatable that you can mm -hmm. make sure that your configuration, that your instance, that your cloud um, uh, you know, configuration, your architecture is secure? And not just once. A lot of times people do a one-time assessment, but then you know, six months later, three months later, something happens and, and they have a, a, a bucket that is, that is vulnerable and that gets hacked. Um, so being able to do con you know, continuous assessments, being able to look at an environment and say, okay, we're strong in these areas, we're not strong in these areas. Being able right. to look multi-vendor because oftentimes most companies um, you know, honestly uh, use multiple vendors. It's not just one vendor. And then, and then really looking across, across and saying, you know, um, what really is going on? We say that now with Gen AI. I'm, I'm, I've just done a number of recent blogs. I, I blog for Government Technology Magazine and on, on generative AI, even knowing, you know, what are your employees doing? What's going on? Um, we talked about this more than, you know, more than five, seven years ago about CASB, Cloud Access Security Brokers. But knowing what, what data do you really have? Where is it going? How is it being secured? In many cases, you may be doing that well or you were doing it well, but you're not now. Or right. it's not being done in repeatable ways. So really doing an assessment of what is being done well, what, you know, encryption, data at rest, data in motion, um, making sure that the protections you have in place are adequate for the type of data that you have. And so I think those are the assessments that need to be done. And I think oftentimes people do it right once, but they can't keep it going. They can't keep it going over time. And, uh, and, and maybe they don't have the right configurations in place for their current environment, what they're doing today.
When you say the right configurations in place, I mean, I mean, to me, it's it's all about access to the data. You know, like like um, you know, yeah, uh, Microsoft has got you know great security over its data. So does, does AWS. So does Salesforce. So does yep. you know into it. I get all that. Um, but you know, they can only do so much if sure. a user account gets infiltrated and somebody you know invades my QuickBooks online database and steals all my data. I mean, you know, they you know if, if somebody has access to that account because we had poor security controls at the user level, um, that to me is you know there's only so much that you know QuickBooks can do about that. That's my responsibility as the business Correct. owner, right? That's exactly right. And, and I think being prepared in the event and and, and you know having an incident response plan, knowing right. what that plan is, who needs to be involved, practicing that. We th- things like tabletop exercises and and really thinking about that. Even if you're a small mid-sized company, you know, asking those what if questions because it's not just a technology question. If you were to have a a ransomware attack or a data breach, thinking through these as a company, those legal aspects, there's business aspects there's you know um a variety of financial aspects to it and so really thinking through all of those different pieces in an incident response plan and then testing that plan those are all things that we can help with all right that's great and again we're gonna i want to get to your book um in just a minute but just a a couple more questions when it comes to um just security over you know over your data um and and there's you know just a couple number one is um there's a lot of people now obviously working remotely and working from home Um, tell me as a business owner, why that's a security concern for me and what I should be doing about that. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the, the, the reality is, is that, you know, when people first moved during COVID, a lot of it wasn't well planned out and, and it wasn't really, um, you know, I, I have so many stories I can tell you, Gene, of literally people grabbing their desktop computers and, and stuffing them in the back of vans and, and bringing them home. And, you know, you just have pictures of cables flying around. And, 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 I got, and no- I, my stories are uh, of people just going home and sharing their computers with like their seventh grader. There's plenty of those as well. You know, so yeah, that shared yeah. computer at home. Yeah. You, do, you know, it's like that. You know, I need I need my computer back so I can do my home. Homework. No, <laughs> it, 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 totally, totally agree. And and you know, so home networks that were really never built for security, um, the assessments, and and so you know, mixing home and work, that blur is is really everywhere. With we see it with people with with their smartphones, we see it with their laptops, we see it with home networks. Um, so the basic hygiene things we talked about, you know, for this show today, just you know, the basic <laughs> issues around backup, around um, data being secure, about being protected, about being uh, you know, identity management, um, who has access to the data, how do they have access to the data. Um, all of those questions um, are done in a, in, a, in a new environment. So just because it was a certain way in architecture at home, you know, now the endpoint is the end of the network. The network has expanded. It's no yeah. longer the building you used to be in. And so we talk about things like zero trust. And zero trust, and I want to get into a lot of technology discussions today for this program, but, you know, really the idea that, you know, we, we have to, Test, you know, it's not just, you know, because you're in the building, you're secure or just, you know, now you could be anywhere in the world, you know, anywhere, anytime, any data. How can you make sure that that transaction that you're having in a business sense is is secure? And, and that's, again, data at rest and data in motion. 
And so there's a wide variety of things that people need to think about. And I mentioned one more that I didn't mention earlier, patching. You know, yeah. your systems are, yeah. you know, are you, do you have the latest? And just in the last week, there's been some zero-day malwares that have been patched by several vendors, Apple and some others. Um, you know, how, what is that process, you know, and, 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 and is it done in a, in a consistent way? Is it done in a repeatable way? Training people so they know, again, the people process and technology, you know, what is acceptable, what is not acceptable use of your, of your company resources in various scenarios. I mean, I think all of those can happen. And there's plenty of stories, and we can share some of those of where things have gone south and what we can learn from them. Okay. Um, you know, I just I, I I also wanted to get your thoughts on you know just in September um, there was a large casino in in Vegas that yep. was struck with a uh, ransomware attack. They wound up playing millions of dollars in ransom, and they're not the only big company that that's been hit by this. I mean, you know, a couple of years ago, like the, the entire transit system in San Francisco was shut down. Hospitals have been hit with this. Energy companies. Uh, there was a pipeline on the northeast part of the you know the U.S. a year or two ago hit yep. by a ransomware attack. You know, and it just, it's, again, as a small business owner, Dan, you know, you're like, geez, I mean, like, these are like the largest company. These companies have this casino. I mean, I can't even imagine what their IT staff, you know, was like. And yet they still get hit by this ransomware attack. How does this stuff, I know you don't know the details of all those, you know, what went on behind the scenes. But, like, it just, how does this stuff happen, you know? And and when when we trust our data with companies like yours, and and other big companies like the Microsofts and the Googles, how do we know that it really is safe, you know, and secure when when these kinds of attacks still occur? Yeah, I mean that's really the focus of my books. I've made it. I know we're going to get to that in a moment, but I, it's it's the story is in there. I can share a couple of different stories and let's get into you know, it. Let's get let, let's get into I it mean, because it dovetails right in. And by the way, everybody, the book is called Cyber May Day and the Day After: A Leader's Guide to Preparing, Managing, and Recovering from Inevitable Business Disruptions. You can get it on Amazon and other places. So okay, so the, these these big infiltrations happen. You address it in your book. Tell us, you know, tell us what you talk about in this book. Yeah, we do. And I mean, I mean, this uh, story's worth a thousand, you know, picture, pictures worth a thousand picture words. Worth but those, let me, yeah. let me paint a picture. Really, sure. uh, one story we share. It's 35 true stories from all over the world. My co-author's from Sydney, Australia. And what we saw missing was true stories. You know, what happened, as you mentioned, behind the scenes? What, what, what happens during the ransomware negotiations? What did they do? I'll, and by the I'll way, one- and I apologize to interrupt you. I mean, like, it's a tough book to write because people do not like to talk about this stuff, you know? I mean, Correct. These are mistakes. I mean, I'm assuming people get fired because of these mistakes. There's shareholder, there's lawsuits, it's whatever. And so it's, I mean, I, I applaud you for digging into this and actually able to pull out some of these stories from some of these companies because it could not have been easy to do. Yeah, and let me just give you one story, and then I'll tell you how the book is. You know, it's, it's what hap- what you should be doing before, during, and after a major incident. And for small, medium, and large companies, we break that out. We talk about practical steps you can take. But this one quick story: your network has been locked. You need to pay thirty million U.S. dollars now. The following is a real life negotiation between a ransomware gang and a fifteen billion dollar U.S. victim company that was hit with a twenty eight point seven five million dollar ransomware demand in January twenty twenty one. It's funny to watch a few of your admins trying to install MS Exchange server in three days and you can't do it. Do it. This is from the bad guys. We have <laughs> encrypted 5,000 of your 6,000 servers. If you do some very simple calculation and expenditures, like it's like, say, $50 per an hour, maybe 
$65 per hour. So in 24 hours, to restore one server, multiply by the number of servers on your network, that's like $10 million in labor expenditure alone. And it's always interesting, a little side note here, the... Um, the bad actors who are doing these ransomware gangs often are better at quantifying the cost to your business yeah. than you are. Cause they, they do their homework. They know how much it's worth. They know what you're losing and they know what people are will or, will or won't These pay. are intelligent, experienced people that are, that, that, that know how to sell their product. And their they product are. is these and, keys and they, that unlock the ransomware. And they, right? and they do this as a business and it's, yeah. it's, it's really a global thing. So yeah. I'll continue quickly in the story. Yeah. It says, but don't forget that you spend all this time on installation and oops, you can't even restore any data because it's gone for the next thousand years. They added time factor pressure at the end of the message, but also showed some mercy at the same time. The timer's ticking. In the next eight hours, your price tag is going to go up to $60 million. So you either pay us our generous offer of $28.75 million or invest in quantum computing and expedite your decryption process. A little, little humor in there, little back jabs. When the company asked for additional time, the crooks countered by writing back, I don't think so. You aren't poor and you aren't children. If you're effed up, you meet, need to meet the consequences. A day later, when the company finally managed to get the authority to pay $4.75 million in a ransom, the extortionists agreed to a lower demand to $12 million on the condition that the remaining amount be paid within 72 hours. I'll jump here to the end, but it says this. After a few additional messages and negotiations back and forth, they agreed on the following things. The hackers would never launch any new attacks. Remember, you're dealing with criminals here, so yeah, you believe yeah. them. Number yeah. two, the company would get the tool to fully decrypt all the encrypted data. Number three, the hackers would completely leave their network and never target them again. Number four, the hackers would give the company access to the data it deleted. To delete it themselves, the data would never be published or resold. Again, Dark Unbelievable. Web. Unbelievable. How do you enforce any of that? Exactly. Exact. And the last one I love the best. This is the one I love, Gene. The yeah. hackers would provide a full report on all of their actions, how they got into the network, how the attack was carried out, <laughs> sure. tip, yeah. tips on improving their security awareness training program, and uh, how to stop other hackers from hacking their network. You know, and the Dave, this is like a great marketing campaign for Presidio, don't you think? Right? <laughs> <laughs> the company ultimately – Exactly. The company ultimately paid an $11 million ransom. So I jumped to the end. It was an $11 million ransom. But, but I mean, there's, there's lots of stories. We go into a lot of the details. But, you know, there are steps you can take. And, you know, it is, you know, there, there, there are statements out there. Business owners have heard this. You know, there's two kind of companies, those that have been hacked and those that don't know it yet. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think, you know, there are steps that you can take, just like you can protect yourself, you know, driving a car there are steps you can take to, to make it less likely you know, can you stop 100 percent of all car accidents probably not um right. no you can't but you can take steps to protect yourself by right. driving safely by wearing seat belts airbags etc there are things you can do i mean and, and there are steps you can take we mentioned some of them earlier backups um you know, having, you know, working in, in many cases, you want to work with a managed service provider, but in some cases you want to do it in, in yourself. But, but, you know, really making sure you follow those best practices and taking steps before, during, and after incidents. And I would just say to, to small business owners, look at what your peers are doing. Look at what your, those in the industry who are experts. Um, if you want to talk to those people that, you know, uh, who, who are, you know, the models in your, in your, in your specific area, your specific region of the country, or, you know, I encourage those, those organizations. A lot of times we have what we call ISACs, Information Sharing Analysis Centers, where by business function or by, um, you know, whether that be healthcare, whether that be financial, whether that sure. be government, you can learn from your peers. 
So, you know, we were talking about different steps to you know, throughout this conversation. I just want to make sure that if you guys, you know, you guys are listening or watching, um, Dana mentioned about doing backups, of course, um, having an assessment done, first of all, by somebody experienced in the IT world, particularly with security like Presidio. Uh, yep. is, is is a critical thing to get you started with. Updating and upgrading all of your operating systems and all of your devices. Do not, I'm looking right now at my laptop and I've got the little thing in Windows saying that I need to like update and restart Windows. It's been sitting there for the past two weeks because I, I haven't bothered to do it. I'm an idiot, right? I mean, I should be doing that automatically. And the reason why a lot of that stuff is, is super important is because um, the, the example that you give in your book People went after a large company. I get it. You know, they they walked away with eleven million dollars. That's fine. Any business is subject to something like this. Sure. However, if you're running a small business, the numbers are smaller. So the people that want to make these attacks, this is what I feel, and I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are as well. Um, they're not going to make the attacks unless it's like really like low hanging fruit. You know, like they got their costs as well. So they're not going to spend all day trying to infiltrate a system so they can walk away with a couple thousand dollars in a ransom. It's just it's not worth it when there are so many businesses out there that are still running like Windows Vista, you know, and and having you know or, or a really poor security. So they're out looking for people where they can attack easily. And yep. which is why just doing some of these basic things that you've just mentioned, Dan, having the assessment, you know, getting the training done, having, a, you know, again, upgrading your operating systems, having security software, it just makes it harder. It doesn't eliminate it. But, you know, a criminal or somebody with malware looks at you and be like, you know what, these guys aren't worth it. We, we got other people to go after. Does that make sense? Is that like a good totally sort of Totally agree. And, you know, we, we say that, you know, it's in, in the physical security world, you know, you just need to be more secure than your neighbor because you yeah. want to rob us yeah. the next I think guy. You like I mean, a bear, like when a bear, you know, like, <laughs> you know is chasing right. you and, the, you know, when you say like, you I can have to run faster than you. You know what I mean? You don't have to run, exactly. <laughs> I don't need to run faster than the bear, just faster than you. I, I mean, I, I, think, I think there's definitely truth in that. I think the other thing is you can really look at – I'm going to give you one quick example. You can look at like a big area is what we call CEO fraud for small companies but um, or e email fraud. You know, uh, but, you know, we talk about phishing, then spear phishing, more targeted, yeah. and then, and then um, you know, basically whaling, which is going after the biggest fish, you know, going after the, the CFO, the CEO of your company, your small company. And what they're going to do a lot of times, it, it, talking about low technology, you know, just tricking people in emails. I have so many stories of, of people who thought, you know, they took over a Gmail account and they were emailing and they literally um, took over sessions and, and, and were able to trick people into doing fund transfers and, and lower level people on their staff who, who, who made um, wires because they thought it was coming from the boss. So having yeah. something as simple, and those FBI stories online, you go FBI um, CEO fraud stories or FBI, um, you know, there's a whole website that has these stories. You can go out there on the web yourself and listen to them. But having a, having a process in place, we're never, hey, staff, I'm never going to ask you to do a multi-million dollar transfer, you know, out of band because I'm on a fishing trip or something. I mean, those kinds of things may seem obvious, but yeah. oftentimes lower level employees, these things really do happen. Billions of dollars lost in email fraud or CEO fraud. Just reading some of those stories, talking to your staff about them. People, what would we do if? You know, it can be a 15-minute exercise as part of a staff meeting. You know, if you got this email, would you just do this? Or would you, you know, hopefully reach back out to me and say, hey, is this really me sending this? And you're going to get more and more of that with Gen AI and fake news and, 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 and fake... Deep fakes. Um, 
Deep yeah. fakes, uh, you know, face, facial and all of that. It's going to happen more and more and more. So training your staff, going through real stories of real things that happen using FBI case studies, those things can help your team and can really prevent. I mean, literally, I've seen dozens, really hundreds, but I know personally of dozens of, of, of companies that were defrauded out of hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars because they believed a message was coming from the boss or the CFO telling them to do something. It was actually coming from an imposter. A comment on deepfakes. I, I wrote last year for uh, Entrepreneur Magazine about a, a story. It was a, it was a bank in the Middle East who, um, you know, the controller at the bank inadvertently transferred $35 million, Dan, um, to a criminal's account because uh, he was deepfaked. Uh, the CEO, the, the, these guys recorded had all these audio content yep. of the CEO of the bank. Because there's so much of it out there. I mean, people were interviewed on, they're on YouTube. They got, people can yep. deepfake my voice. I mean, I'm all over Me the place. Me too. Me too. I'm all right? over the place. Yeah. And, and the, the technology is very inexpensive and very easy to use. They deepfaked the CEO's voice. They made the call to this controller a few times saying, oh, we got a big transaction. I need you to transfer it into this account. And the controller just wound up and did that. And, and we have to be really careful. It's funny that, you know, so much of the stuff that you talk about today, it's, it's, it's low tech stuff, isn't it? I mean, it's yep. getting the assessment, um, getting training, having an internal control. If, if your CEO is calling for you to transfer $35 million to another account, should not you have some type of process internally where other people sign off on that transaction before something like that happens? These are like common sense, low tech things that I think do go to a long way towards not eliminating, but protecting us against security stuff. Final, um, final question for you, Dan, I'll let you go. This is great stuff. Um, we, we, we touched on a little bit with deep fakes and some of these other technologies. Give me your, give me your thoughts. Scare us a little bit about AI. Um, you, you mentioned about generative AI, uh, gen AI is really can be a great thing for it people because they can generate scripts and, and, and do things even from a, from a point of view internally to save them time, uh, to help them, come up with more ways to combat, um, you know, AI driven assaults, but where do you, how do you think AI is going to, uh, you know, make the security environment more challenging for all of us to protect our data? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I want to emphasize Gene that I, I see a lot of benefits to AI. I see this really going to be transforming. It's the hot, it's the hot button issue right now. Everyone's talking about it. And there's a lot of sure. great things that it can do. Um, I just wrote an article for CSO magazine talking about is gen AI bringing back, shadow IT on steroids. And so the idea that every employee is taking it in their own hands to go out to chat GPT and BARD and these free tools and use them, and it seems so. But, you know, there's so many issues with that. There are issues around, um, you know, uh, basically uh, fake fake news, you know, b b yeah. information that it brings in um, – a lot of different problems related to uh, is the data accurate? Is it is it timely? The licensing issues, um, yeah. the ownership issues, um, and then it will be used against us to attack us. And so yeah. it's going to make the environment more and more tools in the industry from the vendors we talked about earlier are incorporating AI into their solutions. Yeah. But I think we're at a time right now during this transition where it's like the, there's a lot of hype. And, and so yeah. the challenge is everybody is kind of trying it out, playing with it. I would tell people start with getting a good understanding or assessment of what's going on in your current company. You know, you, you can use tool sets from companies like Netscope or Zscaler or others 
uh, the traditional CASB, we call it, Cloud Access Security Broker, but just know what's even going on, and then you can, as you see fit, you can either block things or enable things or encourage people, hey, you're doing this, that's great, but we don't want you to do it here, we want you to do it over here via this licensed product and not via this open source product. So those are the kinds of things, I mean, I think it can bring about a lot of good for companies, but I think we're in a transition time right now where a lot of people may be doing things, and there might be legal liabilities with that. The people are sticking data out there. They're sticking code out there, and they don't have ownership of that, right? So it's out there in those sites, and who knows where that data and that code is going to end up. And so I think, I mean, I would would advise caution. I mean, but I certainly, I'm a user of the tools, and um, I think it just needs to be done in a really uh, thoughtful way. You think about your governance and how you implement tools in any area of software, you yeah. know, you, how you bring new tool sets in, and making sure that you're, you're thinking through that. My blog at CSO Magazine, uh, maybe we can put a link to it, will give you a lot of tips on how you can do it. Dan Lorman is the Field Chief Information Security Officer for the public sector at Presidio. He is also the author of Cyber May Day and the Day After, A Leader's Guide for Preparing, Managing, and Recovering from Inevitable Business Disruptions. Dan, uh, where can we find you? And and by the way, you mentioned about your blog with CSO. Give us, can, do you have a URL for that or someplace? Yeah, well, just gov, govtech.com is, is, the, is the, is government technology magazine, but you can just go Google Lorman on cybersecurity or Lorman on cyber. It'll pop right up. Um, yeah. I do a weekly blog for government technology magazine. Um, feel free to reach out on LinkedIn. I mean, I, 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 well, probably the place I most interact, you know, feel free to send me a link request. Happy to connect with you. I'm also on uh, Twitter, which is now X of course. Um, okay. it's um, at gov CSO at gov CSO, um, and happy to, you know, reach out and, and talk to anyone if they want to talk about uh, how we can help. Everybody, you've been watching and listening to the Patriarch Thrive Podcast. My name is Gene Marks. Thank you so much for joining us. If you need any tips or advice or would like to suggest a guest for the future, please visit us at our webpage, payx.me forward slash Thrive Topics. Again, thanks for watching or listening. We appreciate it very much, and we'll see you again next week. Take care. Do you have a topic or a guest that you would like to hear on Thrive? Please let us know. Visit payx.me forward slash Thrive Topics and send us your ideas or matters of interest. Also, if your business is looking to simplify your HR, payroll, benefits, or insurance services, see how Paychex can help. Visit the resource hub at paychex.com forward slash works. That's W-O-R-X. Paychex can help manage those complexities while you focus on all the ways you want your business to thrive. I'm your host, Gene Marks, and thanks for joining us. Till next time, take care. This podcast is property of Paychex Incorporated 2023, all rights reserved.